Hey, listen. Welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast. This is episode 45. Dun, 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 dun. We will be presenting our top five Star Wars games of all time. I should have queued up our the, top the 45, fish. right? For episode 45. 45? <laughs> we could do top 45. I'm sure there's We could probably do 45, Wars yeah. More than 45 Star Wars games, for sure. Uh, but uh, as always, my name is Jeffrey Morris. With me today is Nathan Wagner. Hello. I like Star Wars. <laughs> and Rob Douglas. What's up, guys? I love yeah, Star Wars, gonna, too. Yeah, it's going to be a great segment. Uh, we're excited to share with you. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of great uh, fan-favorite Star Wars games over the years, and all three of us are huge Star Wars fans. Actually, all three of us, the last time we were to, all three together in person, we went and saw Rogue One like in theaters together. Oh, <laughs> it's so, so good. Yeah, we, good memory. We did it after, we did the episode, and then we went and watched it. So we, we did it after Hey Listen. That's how dedicated to this movie we were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, before we do that, we do have some um, news that we're going to check in with. As well as tomorrow marks the two month mark of the Nintendo Switch. We're just gonna kind of check in on the state of the Switch and uh, you know what how how things are going on that front. But before we do, Call of Duty officially announced World War II as the next um, Call of Duty game. I think it's literally just called Call of Duty WWII, like World War II. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, trailer dropped, and it, I think it was you know for the most part it seemed like the internet everyone reacted pretty favorably i know infinite mm-hmm. warfare was like got so much hate when it first was revealed and like the trailer i remember got disliked to like youtube yeah. purgatory or whatever <laughs> um but yeah rob why don't you go ahead and break down you know what, what we know so far okay so one of the nice were we mentioned this on the show a couple like a week or two ago when we first heard the rumor that call of duty world war ii was going back we were like oh, it's kind of refreshing a nice reset for the series but um it's got some interesting details i was kind of looking up some details of what is going to be in the game so first off is very human um it takes place about from the d-day invasion and you are in a squad of 12 soldiers uh your squad mates are the comparison in the article i was reading said they're very much like elizabeth and bioshock infinite you know kind of the here catch you know give you ammo and health and that sort of thing which is super cool uh but on kind of the more emotional side, apparently part of your squad mates can die and will not be with you for the rest of the game. So is it like Mass like Effect? Like random die or like orchestrated deaths? Or I, I, I'm kind of hoping it's more on the orchestrated die, but the it sounds style. like... It sounds like well, kills maybe more like a yeah. little bit of a combo <laughs> of Halo Reach meets... Um, Mass Effect, like maybe some of your decisions cause them to die, or like, yeah, Call of Duty with yeah, decisions. That, that could be pretty cool, um, based on on how they do it. But yeah, I, I like how they're going back to like D Day, like they're only focusing mm-hmm. on kind of that that campaign. Part of the war. And that yeah, part they're of the not war. like jumping yeah, around the they're not jumping around. They actually will be basically one location, well, one location, moving from location to location, but very natural. Unlike a lot of Call of Duty games in the past, where you're like, this week we're in Italy, and now we're in Germany, and now we're in Japan. Um, it's basically only going to be for, focused from the D-Day invasion on, is what we've gotten so far. Uh, you follow a main character. His name is Red. And I think, Jeff, you were saying that you think he's a Jewish person, or a yeah, Jewish I, character? I think I read he's supposed to be, like, a young Jewish kid, and so they're kind of putting in some different, like, purposely putting in some different eth- ethnicities and yeah, yeah. different backgrounds for the characters. Um, and so it's going to be like, you know, what is it like to be a, 
a kid in that in that kind of an environment. And I, yeah. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the original Call of Duty game for PS2 or whatever, it was the first level was D Day in Normandy, like you storming the beach. Is that is that sound right to you guys? Uh, um, yes, I think I so. Yes, sure. I played. I know I played at least. Oh no, I don't even. Remember. It was either a metal. Medal of Honor or Call of Duty game, Storming the Beach. There's so many, Several and they all had the beach. And yeah, they all had, like they were they all, all very similar to two back then, yeah. so it's hard to remember. Yeah, what exactly. Um, and it, kind of on the characters, you know, one thing that's really interesting about this one is you play as one character mostly. So his name is Red. We said he's Jewish, but you also uh, Texas. Uh, I know he's Texas. He's night uh, Johto region or <laughs> Pokemon. Right? Yes. He's yeah, Pikachu yeah, totally. <laughs> he um he's 19 years old apparently or something like that. And but you also get to play as a couple of other characters throughout the game, but only for like I think the statistics were like you play as Red for 95% of the game and then the other 5% you play as a couple other characters. So I think there's one other person in the squad you play as. I don't know how the level yeah, well, how that works out. That's fine with me. I think think if that can, yeah that can be done well and uh, i believe another character that they have revealed at this point is you get to play as a french resistance female oh. uh, which would be really interesting to play as a female in a call of duty game which you know as one of the main playable characters in the story which i don't think has happened yet i don't think so uh, i don't understand what you're gonna do because they're trying so, to go for historicity well, and actually, the French the she was part of the French Resistance, and she actually is based on a real person, okay, like a human who actually was in World War II and was part of the French Resistance. Um, cool. So there's that. Uh, and then, last detail that's probably the most important to most people is the zombie side of Call of Duty. They're actually going back to not. Nazi- <laughs> Don't tell oh, a lot dude, of people it, was, it is. It was. It is one of the most important parts to a lot of people. Uh, is going back to Nazi zombies. Uh, they've kind of gone apart oh, from that. And they've had this huge like storyline that's been going on through all the zombies, Call of Duty zombie things. There actually is a story, weird enough, right? But apparently they're re-saying it. it's a new story and it's set back in World War II, so it actually is very... It's focused more towards that the gameplay itself. So looks like a little bit kind of trying to tap into the same sort of um, audience as Battlefield 1. Yeah, but well, we'll see. I think, too, with how much, like, the kind of wave-based survival or horde mode has kind of even evolved over the years since Nazi Zombies first came out, like, I think they could do a lot of really cool stuff with it, you know, with having, like, different maybe power-ups or, you know, ultimate-type mm-hmm. moves with, like, cooldowns and stuff. I think... You know, they could make it a lot more fleshed out and make it pretty fun. I, I never really got into the original Zomb, you know, COD Zombies back in, you know, the Xbox 360 days. I, I thought it was a little bare bones. So I'm sure they're, they're probably going to put some, some more stuff in there. At least I'm hoping that'll make it a little bit more interesting and more involved and make it a little bit more, you know, arcadey. So I really wish yeah. I could pay like 20 or 30 bucks and just get the single player part without zombies or multiplayer. Because, like, the single player, I, I love history, and it sounds super interesting to me. And it, Like, that's what I want Battlefield 1 also. Yeah, like, they're, just they're taking player. away regen, and they're doing, like, you have to, like, call a medic to get healed and stuff like that. So they're trying to make it more lifelike, which, honestly, it's a video yeah. game. They can only go so far, but still, that, that sounds really <laughs> interesting. And the story sounds, um, um, it sounds really promising so far, but 
I don't want to pay $60 because I won't play the multiplayer really at all, mm-hmm. and I probably wouldn't play Zombies. So I played Zombies a lot, mostly because um, I played it locally with friends. I hate online Zombies, but I love local Zombies. Actually, I don't even know if you can do online. Zombies in Call of Duty, though? Yeah, I don't even know if you can do it anymore, yeah. but, like, the original Zombies uh, was so much fun, so... Yeah. Uh, just because you got a group of like four of you and you just played zombies and just see how far you could go and often it wasn't as far as you thought it would be. type of survival yeah. type games it's always better if you do it locally definitely yeah oh yeah absolutely but, uh, yeah it so. looks, looks pretty interesting we'll, we'll let you know you know if there's any other big announcements that come out about the game but let us know what do you think about Call of Duty World War 2 there was a pretty mixed reaction on our Twitter when we posted about it earlier this week some people still said man looks like Call of Duty other people are excited they're going back to World War II. So let us know. Our Twitter, of course, is at HeyListen underscore games. So our next news piece, Nintendo, out of nowhere, announced new hardware this week. No, it is not a <laughs> Switch Mini. No, it is not a Switch 2.0. It is another Nintendo 3DS family system. It is a new 2DS XL is the official name. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know how many different... 3DS revisions we have now. I think we have at least six or seven There's now. There's so many. It's insane. Which is crazy. But um, basically, it's packing everything that was in the 3DS, the new 3DS XL that came out last year, but packing it into a new mode that only has the 2D, like it doesn't have 3D, the 3D, and has a new kind of clamshell and just slightly different like hardware design. And I, I think the, the design looks really slick. Yeah, it looks awesome. It looks super sleek. Um, it the first time I saw it, it looked like a phone design, almost like a phone case. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The clamshell kind of opens, and it. Um, I noticed it kind of protects the screen. There's a little indent to make sure that your screens don't scratch each other, <laughs> which apparently I guess a couple people. No, that was an issue with, with launch 3ds. That, that happened to mine. Yeah. So, it looks really cool. It looks really sleek. It's 150 bucks, and it comes yeah. out July 26th. I yeah, think. it's it's a little bit cheaper than the. The new 3DS XL. Yeah. I think that one was 180 or 200 or something. So it, it is a little cheaper if you don't really care about the 3D, which I think most people, you know, don't really mind anymore. And even if you bought, you know, a 3DS XL or a new 3DS, um, I, I know Jaeger on Twitter was saying you can sell those or trade them in for still pretty good value for around 100 bucks or so. So it's a it's a pretty easy upgrade if you're looking to trade in and upgrade your system if you really like the design. It comes out this July. Hundred fifty dollars, and you know, I think it shows Nintendo is still, still committed to st- yeah, 3DS. still committed to 3DS at least for this year. I, I'm guessing this is probably going to be the last revision. Um, and I do like the colors; like it's a turquoise color with kind of going back to the original launch 3DS, which launched with black and turquoise. So that's, that's kind of cool. They went back yeah, to that. It's kind of a finally coming around. That's crazy yeah, though. The, the 3DS launched 2010, right? Yeah. So seven <laughs> years later, it's still going, which is kind of insane. Yep. So uh, let us know. Are you, are you excited for the 2DS XL? One of my friends, he mentioned it to me. He's like, oh, should, should I get that? Like, I, I think it looks pretty cool. And I'm like, well, if you, if you don't have a 3DS at this point, like, there's such an amazing library of games, especially if you like RPGs and stuff. Like, there's so many great RPGs and platformers and different stuff out there. But if you're not really interested in a lot of those games and you pass over them because you didn't really care, at this point, I would just say spend another 150 bucks, get a Switch, that way you can get Mario Kart 8, which is better than Mario Kart 7, and you know you'll be playing games on that for the next five years while 3DS will taper off. Yeah. Now, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, our last main news piece is um, I'm gonna let you you handle this one, Nathan. Yeah. Here. So um, I believe it was the end of last week. 
uh, the analysts who successfully predicted like the PS4 Pro um, coming, and I think also the Scorpio, is predicting that Sony will release the PlayStation 5 sometime in 2018, probably oh, in the fall of 2018. So Seriously? It's like a year away. Yeah, it's like a year away. I didn't look up all the details. Like A bunch of people were like, oh, this isn't going to happen. Um, I think it's interesting that he was right on the rumors of PS4. Uh, so somewhat reliable source. Yeah, exactly. Somewhat reliable. I think that's interesting. I don't think Sony will um, announce it for. I don't think they'll bring it out next year. I could see them announcing it next year and maybe coming out twenty nineteen or something like that. But we'll see. But I kind of wanted to talk about like if a PS four or PS five basically came out next year, would you guys feel satisfied? Like I feel like the current PS four console generation is finally hitting its stride, like the last year. Yeah. Or so at least like in my opinion. Yeah. Sony no, I think it would be too of, soon their games that they haven't really released yet that are supposed to be coming out yeah so, it would be too soon too soon i think oh, it would take away from all the ps4 market that you have right now i mean it is a it is probably the most marketable console on the out there right now mostly because the switch doesn't have a lot of games just yet it's getting there um but the ps4 has a ton of good games with the ps4 pro coming out this this last year this last fall that seems really soon to just basically take all your money and marketability here and shoot it in the foot. Yeah, I mean, it's outselling everything. Um, and it seems like, I don't know, just the, from a game's perspective, I really feel like the last year we've started, developers really started to take advantage of the PS4 and stuff like that. Because the first couple of years, yeah. like a lot of games were kind of simultaneously releasing on still... PS4 and the old gen PS3 yeah, exactly. and Xbox 360. So we, we didn't get a lot of exclusive games for PS4, but now like we're seeing, you know, great quality games like Horizon and, you know, Uncharted 4 and, you know, even all the third parties are making, you know, great stuff for PS4 mm-hmm. and Xbox One. So yeah. um, for me, I, I don't think a PS5 is coming out next year. I think it's totally possible that a PS4 Pro Plus type thing comes out, which is, you know, to compete with the Scorpio, which is a, you know, more expensive, more powerful system, but it'll still run all PS4 games, and they're going to keep PS4 as kind of like their platform, um, or PlayStation, whatever whatever they call it. I don't know if they'll rebrand it or not, but I think I think I don't think they're going to start making exclusive games just for PS5. I think it's going to be a optional upgrade for those who have their 4k tvs and want more power than the ps4 pro but man if i bought a ps4 pro and they announced a new one that's more powerful next year i would would feel mad yeah yeah they would especially if i people who especially if you upgrade like if you if you bought the ps4 and the ps4 pro and then you're getting this one two years later which did it again yeah which was you know that was one thing microsoft did when they announced the xbox one s they said yeah you can't get this it's a little bit better a little faster a little sleeker but the Scorpio's coming, you know, next year if you if you want to get the best, most powerful one. Yeah. So yeah, at least they were upfront mm-hmm. about that. Cool. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully not. <laughs> so, our second segment today, we are just going to talk real quickly about the state of the Nintendo Switch. Tomorrow marks the two month anniversary, and uh, I thought Nathan, since you and I both own one, we could just talk real briefly about what games we own. You know, when a game when a console first comes out, you know. I feel like people are super thirsty and really want to buy as many games as they can. So, like, for me, launch day, I got Zelda and Bomberman, as you guys know. And Bomberman isn't a fantastic game by any means, but I've, you know, put a solid 10, 12 hours into it, and I've enjoyed it for what it is. If it wasn't a launch game, I don't know if I would have picked it up. But uh, um, I've had some fun with that. And then 
I downloaded Snipper Clips and Snake Pass, and then I just recently picked up Mario Kart 8 as well, and I, I know we've been playing that a lot this weekend. Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, so what is that? That's three three retail games for me and two $20 downloadable titles. And so, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've had more than five games in a console launch that, or console that I've picked up at launch before. So I, I'd say I'm, I'm pretty, pretty satisfied with, you know, the current software that's available with, for it. I mean, I think when you talk about switch, the whole conversation is just so dominated by Zelda and, Mm-hmm. The fact that mm-hmm. so many people aren't like super upset that there's not more is because Zelda is so good and it's yeah. so big and it's it's so long it takes so much time. Like I I bought yeah. Zelda at launch that's all I got and then I picked up Snipper Clips. Um, I think a couple days after getting my Switch digitally, which was twenty bucks, and then I just got Mario Kart Eight Deluxe this last weekend. So, so you've I've, been on pretty much two games. Yeah, exactly. Time, so I've been, been on pretty much two games. I still have like I've probably played Snipper Clips a total of like an hour, maybe hour and a half. Like, I still haven't played it that much. Well, I've basically just been playing Zelda. Yeah, and, like, between you and your wife, like, Zelda's been played for almost 200 hours on your guys' Yeah, Switch, between like... the both of us, it's, like, almost up to 200 hours. She's further than me. She's over 100. I think I'm, like, 80 hours in. Yeah, like, like, that's that, so. that's insane that in two months you guys have put 200 hours, and not just to the console, but into one, one yeah, piece of software. basically into one game, which is kind of insane. So, I mean, there's been some interesting downloadable games that I've been tempted by. I thought about Snake Pass. Um, some of the Neo Geo games, um, I thought about going back yeah, to some of those are pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, and I, it's great because, um, I still haven't finished Zelda yet, but like Jeff, I know you just beat it last mm-hmm. week. My wife just beat it last week. So Mario Kart coming out about two months after it launched. Perfect um, timing. Kind of really good timing. Like it gives people the chance mm-hmm. to play through Zelda and then get a new game. And then I'm excited. Like, uh, the rest of this month, like. Uh, NBA Playgrounds comes out next week for Switch, which mm-hmm. I'm planning on picking up. And then, Me too. I mean, I, Minecraft also comes out next week, which I was thinking about picking yep. Minecraft up. Street Fighter at the end of the Street month. Street Fighter. So, then, I feel wait, like whoa, whoa, whoa. Good... You're thinking of getting Minecraft? Yeah. I, oh, I've played nice. it a couple times with friends. I've never... the portable nature, right? Yeah, like the portable right, nature right. of it and the Mario stuff looks kind of cool. So, I'm, I okay. haven't, haven't decided yet, but I'm thinking about it. I mean, it's a... I think this is the first time a full-fledged Minecraft game has been portable because, like, iPhone and iPad versions, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, are kind of a very slimmed down version of like the base Minecraft. I game. think the I yeah. think the iPad versions they were, and I think they're a little bit more fleshed out now. Okay, if I remember, I'm not a hundred percent on that. Yeah, but... they actually just recently updated, and I think they're up to okay, cool. At least where the Switch is at, maybe a little better. Yeah, so I think, but yeah, just the portable nature of it excites me, and I. I I still have never bought Minecraft on anything, so it would be like a this, new game. This game. would make you jump in, maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, and I did want to mention that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, I thought this was worth mentioning, um, it has sold over 459,000 copies on day one. And so this is just on the first day of sales, it sold about 500,000, and this is just in North America, um, which equates to about a 45% attach rate on the first day of sales, which is insane for any game. Um, and I did a little research today. I went onto my friends list. I have 12 friends on my Switch, and I counted, I looked at each one's profile and their games played. Only two out of my 12 friends have, did not buy Mario Kart. Like, I had 10 out of 12, like, which is just kind of insane, like, how, you know, good this Mario Kart game is, how thirsty people are to, you know, want more, you know, quality Nintendo games, so... 
I, th- I think it says a lot that the, the Switch, you know, people are willing to pick up and, you know, buy all, all the big games that are going to come out for it. I don't think this is, you know, going to be another Wii U. I feel like it's the Switch is looking yeah. really, really good right now. As long as it continues, though, I mean, the Wii U had insane attach rate with games like Mario that Kart is was, Nintendo was fans typically 60%, do. just because it was basically Nintendo fan only Nintendo fans bought the Wii U, and so the attach rate on a lot of games was really, really good. So it's promising. Um, as long as the Switch continues to sell. But yeah, I think Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like, it's really hard to make an argument, at least for me, against it not being the best Mario Kart game of all time. Yeah. So that in itself makes it worth, like, picking up. Yeah, but I, I even have a few friends who had Wii U's and didn't pick up Mario Kart 8. Now they've, and now they've, they've jumped ship and they've, they've bought it on the Switch. But um, I did want to share just one funny quick story um, that kind of shows me that Nintendo has gotten advertising and marketing right. Um, I brought the Switch out with me this weekend because I had Mario Kart, so I was playing some Grand Prix, you know, whenever I had a few minutes. And I went out to dinner um, with my wife, and I was playing, you know, in the waiting room while we were waiting to be seated. And we went to go find our seat. I still had my Switch out. I hadn't, like, put it back in its case. And so when we sat at our table, I just quickly sat on our table as I was, you know, getting onto my seat. And all of a sudden, this waiter comes up to me. He's not our waiter. He's just a random waiter who happened to be near <laughs> our table. And he's like, oh, is that a Nintendo Switch? And he had, like, an Australian accent for some reason, which was awesome. But I'm like, oh, yeah, like, uh, no, he'll, that's somebody said. He said, is that what I think it is? I'm like, uh, yeah, it's a Switch. He's like, yeah, yeah, the Switch. Oh, that thing looks awesome. Uh, do you mind if I hold it? <laughs> like, this stranger literally came it's up so to me random. and asked to hold my Switch. And I'm like, okay, I think you're a waiter. This is a really nice restaurant. I don't think you're going to steal it or drop it. So, sure. So, I'm like, yeah, sure. So, he picked it so up. So, Jeff is now looking for a new Switch because this got taken. <laughs> he did not run away, thankfully. Um, <laughs> excuse me um but he was holding it and instantly he's like oh like this feels really good all oh, this i like how light it is like the, all the powers right in here he's like is it true that it does like you know hd video and stuff i'm like i got marker right now so i i just started playing i was playing a race on rainbow road and he's like oh that looks gorgeous he's like oh i need to get one of these do you mind me asking how much is it and I'm like $300. Oh, okay. I'm getting one of these. I've gotten all the Nintendos. I bought a 3DS just for Smash Bros. I got to get this Switch thing. This looks awesome. Thank you so much. And like, you just made my day. And he walks away. I'm like, That's hilarious. what on earth just happened? Like, I, I've never had someone come up to me because I've been playing a 3DS in public or anything, you know, and I had explained to even my friends who are gamers usually what the Wii U was, but like, people know what the Switch is. People are excited about it. And like, if they see one, I get, same thing, I went to Costco and I was playing while I was waiting for my food to be out and like all these like kids and families like kept coming around and like staring over my shoulder and like watching and stuff. So like it's got this appeal that people yeah. are really excited about it. Yeah, which and there's people a know about it. Like Nintendo has spent, I think it just came out today, at least Nintendo America spent $18 million on market, on TV marketing in March on the Nintendo Switch, which I believe because I, I was watching like a lot of college basketball and sports and I saw a ton of switch commercials and stuff like that oh yeah so people it's been have, all over they know wasn't there it. even a there's even a switch on, like, commercial the wii basically hype train like the wii u and everyone was confused by that to market it so they're doing a really good job marketing it um and yeah. obviously like it's working for them so far so yep cool um i thought just real quickly just in one minute or less um we could just talk nathan what what needs to be fixed? Like on the Switch, you know, we've been talking about all these great things, how good, you know, some of the games are and stuff. But what, you know, what improvements uh, are you hoping Nintendo it's makes? It's really easy to say. Just do your online and make a more robust eShop operating system, etc. Like Nintendo clearly, like, 
kind of put this thing out intending to really market what it does and they've done that really well but the online systems like we still have friend codes you can't like message your friends or anything like that on there it's mm. hopefully they're going to fix all that with this app that's supposed to be coming out this summer but get the online better i know in mario kart i've been disconnected a couple times and like i was trying to join your game last night and it said like your lobby is full and i couldn't even yeah. like queue up to wait and so they need to kind of fix all that the eShop is kind of really bare bones like you can search and look at recent releases and greatest hits right now and that's all so they need to do a better job of setting all that up, stuff up. System. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's even less communication with your friends than like the 3DS or Wii U yep. even at this point. And, you know, we're, we're expected to pay for this online service in a few months. And like at this point, it's, I think it's kind of funny that Nintendo's expecting us to pay with how terrible the online has been so far. Like I, I've wanted to play with my nephew Mario Kart this weekend. And every time I tried to play with him, I couldn't because I couldn't talk to him. He doesn't have a cell phone. I can't, like, call him or something like that. And so finally I was able to connect with his dad a couple days later, and we were able to set up a time. But, like, we had to do that all through texting and phone calls. And it was, you know, a big hassle. We didn't get to do it till days later. So I I really hope that they, you know, put at least in a way to invite or chat or do, send messages to friends so that you can, you know, get, get, get together. It's like I'm having to use Discord right now with you guys and stuff. So. Yeah. Hopefully, they, they update that. But yeah, Hopefully, they just wanted to get the Switch out, and they have a plan to make their online really good. Or else, you know, it's gonna I'm going to have a really hard time justifying paying however much they're going to charge a year for yep. their online services. All right. Well, moving on to our main segment, our favorite Star Wars games of all time. So, Rob, you did a bit of research before we started here. So, I'll let you go ahead and start us off here. You guys haven't figured out. I love to look up little random facts and stuff, you know, <laughs> for the listeners. Jeff and Nathan know this, but um, I was looking at it, and basically, since 1982, when the first Star Wars licensed Star Wars game came out, Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back came out on Atari 2600, uh, or however 2600, 2600, or however you want to say it. But that was the first one. It was really cheesy. It was mostly. I think it was mostly just a snow speeder game, like against the Ad At Walkers. But it was really simplistic. And the next release possibly will be uh, Battlefront 2 in 2017. Yeah, um, I think it's but, listed for November right now. Uh, yes, November or September, somewhere in there. But <laughs> I actually, real quick, this funny story. I have a student from, because I teach, and I had a student who is in. Uh, uh, upper grade right now but i see him from time to time just in passing through like the school hallways and he's a huge star wars fan and he was in my class when the original battlefront got announced and he was you know so hyped about it he really liked it and i saw him in passing today like during he was going out to recess and he said to me he's like oh mr morse november 17th battlefront 2 looks awesome and then he like goes and starts making X-wing sounds and runs down the, <laughs> runs down the I'm like, I love that. Like Star Wars is this game, you know, that could or is this series that can encompass all age ranges, and you know, everyone, you know, can love it and get well, into yeah, it. Yeah, we hilarious. love it. So we love Star Wars. We love the games. But yeah. <laughs> 1982, and with Battlefront 2 coming out later this year to 2017, there have been three years: 1986, 89, and 90 are the only three years since 82 where a Star Wars game has not come out. That's insane. Incidentally, That's incidentally, in 1990, actually, there was another game that came out that had Star Wars characters in it, so technically, it's only two years. <laughs> that have not had a Star Wars okay. franchise, 
piece. So in like, what is that? That's 35 years, 35 years and only two years. So 33 years of Star Wars games. There's a lot to pick from. (laughs) There's a lot to pick from. And one thing we kind of noticed is I think most of the games we picked were within about a 10, 12 year range for the most part. Somewhere, yeah. I think Mm -hmm. I was noticing like they're all like somewhere like mid to late 90s to early to maybe mid 2000s or something like that. Yeah, you know, like, I do have some, you know, love for the original, you know, older Star Wars games and what they kind of did. For the early the games. arcade like, games, yeah, stuff like, like that. The oh, yeah. arcade Star Wars with the wireframes looked like Battle Zone. Oh, awesome. so much fun! So yeah. much fun. Um, Super Star Wars on the Super Nintendo. I remember playing that yep. at my uh, yeah, I never dentist's it, office. But... I didn't own it either, but I, I remember, remember it, like at my he... dentist, he had it, a Super Nintendo, and going there and playing that, playing like the. Hot I remember <laughs> being awful at that game. Yeah, I, I <laughs> wasn't good at it. I was probably like six far. or seven or something like that. Yeah, but um, the first one we're gonna get on our list. We're just gonna get out of the way. Uh, right now is Star Wars Battlefront 2, um, obviously released for X, Xbox, PS2, and PC. And PlayStation Portable. Yep. Wait. Re- oh, I think they got a port. Was it the original? I don't mm-hmm. know. It was pretty close. I'm like, sure it was, it was I remember that was like the only reason yeah. I want a PSP. Like, That's my friend true. got a PSP. I was like, what games do you have? And he was like, Battlefront 2. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> and that was like all he played. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Star Wars Battlefront 2, you know, it's such a beloved game. And everyone's, all right, everyone, you know, for the most part agrees this would be the peak of the franchise. The first one did some good stuff. Second one expanded on it. And the more recent one, you know, was kind of light on content and um, different, different things you could do. So um, my favorite part of Battlefront 2 was... Not only could you do Galactic Conquest and do Rise of the Empire, which tied in real nicely with Star Wars Episode Three, and you had some you know single player campaign type stuff, you could just do instant action. You can pick any planet, um, you could pick any mode. So like it could be capture the flag, it could be hunt, which you play as like the species from that planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do uh, space battles. You could just do regular conquest. Or my favorite, certain levels allowed you to do hero battles. So I would do hero battles, good versus bad, run around as Darth Maul fighting against, you know, Obi-Wan and all these other, you know, characters from all six movies to the cantina music. And like, it was so much fun. That was my favorite thing. So much fun. Well, and also like the fact that it took everything that the first one did so well and made it even better. Like the story was better. The campaigns were better. The multiplayer was better. The characters and the classes were better. I mean, just everything they did was better in the second one. And it just made it, like, I probably have put hundreds of hours into Battlefront yeah. 2, both on the portable, the PS portable, and on uh, PS2, and then on computer later. So it was just classic game. Yeah, I mean, and it still holds up pretty well. The gameplay is still, you know, really, really fun to play. There's lots of different characters. There's tons of different maps that go all over the Star Wars universe. And, um, you know, I I had this, I, you know, in gaming, you have certain memories that you'll like, you know, I'm always going to remember this specific moment in a certain game that I did, you yeah. know, whether it's beating a certain boss or, you know, you beat, beat a game with someone or whatever. Uh, for me, I have this memory of, I did a, Battlefront 2 LAN party when I was in high school and we connected a bunch of Xboxes up together and we had I think I had six or seven friends and we all were the rebels we did a space battle 
We wait till all of us could get in an X wing. We literally flew in formation <laughs> towards we the flew Death in Star formation. and did like, oh all like goodness. red five standing by red three standing by red, and then we all like peeled off and like attacked like in. Oh, well, it was just like the ultimate like geeky like awesome <laughs> feeling of just like I am in a Star Wars movie right now. That's so. hilarious. It, it was awesome. That's was, pretty cool. That's amazing. So the fact that you could do stuff like that yeah. was, was awesome. that's awesome. I. I never played Spaceball Battles very much because I was so bad at flying the ship. Like, <laughs> I always would end up just, like, crashing into something or something like that. So, but I love I love Galactic Conquest and just kind of going and taking over planets and that whole mechanic was really Oh, cool. it was so fun. So fun. All right. Our next game on the list, released in, I believe, 2007, yeah, I think if I remember, is uh, right. Star Wars Force Unleashed. This was kind of the... Um, first really Star Wars game that I think kind of took a created a new uh, storyline that was canon at the time uh, of kind of filling in that gap between episodes three and four we didn't really have any video games that had wandered in that territory before um, and it was cool because they used the new power of the you know the new next gen HD systems to really put you in the hand of a powerful Jedi or Sith um, who's Darth Vader's apprentice told a pretty interesting narrative and just kind of let you play around with using the force and all these different abilities with lightning and force push and throw and all that. Um, and it was a really fun game. I, that was one of the first 360 games. I think Halo 3 and that one were like my first two 360 games that I picked up and I, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, like it, the story was really interesting. Like they found a good way to tell an interesting narrative that was believable and wasn't too crazy or anything like that, I think. Until the uh, second one came out. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the, we one. won't talk about the second one because yeah, that was. Just ignore that. But that was just the choice at the end of good or evil was pretty cool. And I mean, I just love going around. You could collect. Um, they gave you so many different powers and so many different abilities. Like, uh, so I don't know fun. about you, but I don't remember being able to like do force lightning, all these kind of different either light side and dark side combinations in a Star Wars game before. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Which about that. made you really yeah. feel like a powerful force user. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, you could. But oh, I didn't get very far in that game. Well, just the fact but... that you could like literally pick up stormtroopers and just chuck them across a map, awesome. or like grab a TIE fighter out of the air and throw it down and it explodes into a bunch of guys. Just that's kind of giving, giving you that freedom was awesome. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think the fact that it was a, it was a great, the story wasn't necessarily complicated. It was a pretty stereotypical story for a Star Wars universe, except for that it did take place between that episode three and four. Mm-hmm. But like the it introduced you to a lot of different, like kind of Jedi masters. I remember and stuff like that. I remember thinking yeah. that part was super interesting. But, like, the physics-based combat was the best part of that game. Just the fact that, like you said, Jeff, you could pick up a Stormtrooper and throw him into another Stormtrooper. Or, like, I did a couple times, cut one in half and then throw half at another guy (laughs) and half at the other one. Like, I mean, you had so many unlimited possibilities. It was just great. Yeah. And you just spent The gameplay and the controls meshed together pretty well for the most part. It was was a lot of fun. I I don't know if you guys knew this, but actually 100% of that game, I beat it. I got every single collectible, and I beat it on Jedi Master difficulty, wow, which is oh, wow. one of the hardest games I've ever been. Not because it was like actually hard, but just because they just literally just cranked up all enemy health and damage up like five hundred percent for oh, Jedi gosh. Master. So it was it was a pain in the butt to do, but uh, I beat it all, and I felt pretty accomplished on that. So um, that's awesome. So yeah, g- great game. Mm-hmm. Um, next on our list, Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Um, I think I think we all kind of 
agree that the N64 one is probably the one that lives in lives in our hearts as you know our our favorites. Although the GameCube ones were a lot of fun as well. They were. Um, so, I don't know about you guys, but my first experience, despite being a having a Nintendo 64, is I had this on PC. My uh, my dad picked it up with like a joystick um, that we could play on PC, and it was one of my first PC games that I played. And I just remember when you first log in, you hear that theme song of the Rogue Squadron. I just that's like another moment that I, oh I yeah, really remember it's got it had really good music, and you know the space battles and the ships were always my favorite part of Star Wars. So you know this game was a perfect perfect game for me. I just remember with this one, I had it for the 64, and I remember actually when we first got our 64, we only had a couple of games. We didn't, the only like big Nintendo franchise game we had was Mario Kart. Other than that, we didn't have like Super Mario 64 for a few years and like uh, Banjo Kazooie, like even, you know, like Donkey Kong or anything like that. We had Rogue Squadron though. Uh, and I remember putting so much time into this one, and we had two uh, save files on it, or, you know, so yeah. one was what one of our brother, you know, I had three brothers, so we would take turns who got the save file. Um, and so we were, that would be our playthrough. We would just go through and try and, the missions were so awesome. They were so challenging and they added so much extra story. But we had this other play uh, save file that had everything unlocked because we found all the cheat codes yeah, the cheat online. Codes, yeah. <laughs> and so we had like the Millennium Falcon and TIE Fighters and like, the uh nabu uh starfighter Star that one was so fun. like i remember pl- i loved playing as a, the tie fighter actually that was probably my favorite one it's just like you were so pathetic yeah. but it was so much fun Dude, it was so cool that you could unlock those despite all the all the hate that star wars episode one you know has gotten over the years i love the nabu starfighter i think it's an awesome design ship it sounds awesome and it was so fun to play as in rogue squadron <laughs> oh yeah it was awesome did you, do you play this one at all, Nathan? I never really played it. I've played it a couple times, I think. Like, I played it a couple years ago with a friend. I too think hard? I played it with you one time. Uh, yeah, probably too hard. I'm <laughs> terrible. Like I said, in uh, Battlefront 2, I was terrible at the ship combat. I think I remember when I was playing it, I wasn't very good at... So ship yeah. combat in general games, just um, not very good at And I never played it originally, so I don't have any yeah. nostalgia or anything yeah. attached to it. But me yeah, coming, I know a lot of people really so good. Like it, so. Yeah, me coming from like a huge Star Fox 64 like background. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 80 times playing Rogue Squadron, which took the same basic concept and controls almost and threw it into a Star Wars world. Like I, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, so it, it, was, cool. it was a lot of fun. All right, our next one on our list is Star Wars Republic Commando. This was... The original Xbox, right? Yeah, it was the original Xbox game. I believe it came out in 2004 exclusive to the original Xbox. Um, I remember playing it at my friend's house. It was, like, really cool because you played as a um, clone. Right, Rob? Yeah, you played as a squad of... You played as one of the... It was four clones. Yeah, and you... It was a first-person shooter. Um, But it had a really interesting story. I remember kind of about, like, cloning and... um, had some deep narrative if that if i'm am i remembering that right rob it had a it had a great story it starts out on genosis um the planet at the end of episode two basically the start of the clone wars and the best part about it like the squad based combat because you could assign your player your people to different spots um to snipe or to like there was a breaching the door type system that was really good um i actually put this on the computer so for the first time um and 
But one of the best parts is it had this great story that just went through the whole game, and it was... You didn't think it was emotional, but it was emotional enough that by the end of the game, you're like, oh, wait, what? No! And, like, there was all these, like, we need a second one, and we haven't gotten a second one. And I think this is... If there's a game that Disney needs to take and make a new version of, this is it. I don't think it was because I think everything from episode three and before is gone forever. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but but this is just such a great game. Yeah, it was really well executed. I I remember the story, like, um, kind of being about, like, clones and what that meant um and i remember that being finding their kind of really identity in, yeah so, exactly yeah. finding their identity was really interesting yeah and, and you're really like good gameplay mechanics yeah, yeah and there were like bosses and there were like all sorts of stuff that you could do and it was just it was really fun to play it had great gameplay and the weapons were awesome um you basically had to set weapons you couldn't shade out weapons necessarily or i think i might not be remembering that right but like the best part was like I love playing with the sniper rifle or some of the bigger guns, the cannons and stuff. They were just so much fun. You just they were yeah, they were kind of that throwback to like Halo almost. Yeah, and I I never really played this one. Um, by the time I got you know the original Xbox, we got Battlefront two, and that's like the only thing that we really wanted. <laughs> so I didn't. Yeah. I never really got a chance to check out Republic Commando, but it sounds like something to be right in my alley, and I would love them love it if they made you know a new new game kind of base you know in the spread. Even if it's not necessarily clones, but something sure a squad base, you know, shooter with interesting narrative. I think that'd be cool. That would yeah. Awesome. It'd be something that we don't get a ton of. Well, we get some of them. I guess, eh, never mind. Erase that comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, our last game on our list for our top five Star Wars games of all time. You have three seconds to guess, audience. That's right. If you said Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer, you are correct. So, Episode one, Potters, I think, you know, lives in all of our hearts, you know, fairly well. This, I actually never played F-Zero until the GameCube version. And so this was kind of like what I found my love for high-speed racing games for. was episode one, oh, yeah. it's extremely fast. Like, it had really fun multiplayer. Like, it had cool stuff you could unlock with time trials and, you know, different things. And um, I had that, like I said, we had Rogue Squadron with the joystick on PC. And so we also had episode one, Pod Racer. So I got Ooh. to play it with this like joystick, you know, That's big nice. force feedback thing. And so it was made it really, really cool and fun to play. It was a lot more easier to control than that terrible plastic N64 stick. So. Oh, <laughs> I hit just so, so many just so you know, engine. like I don't think I ever finished a race without blowing up at least once. <laughs> Jeff, it was, it was tough. Yeah. To tell you how much I played this game as a kid, mm-hmm. I played it on the 64. I only had it on the 64. I unlocked every character and race course. Wow, nice. As like a eleven year old kid. Yeah, no, that that's impressive. That's, that, I this literally, game is definitely really, I really literally tough. put hundreds of hours into this. There were some races where I got so frustrated. I actually broke a controller playing this game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you have to like memorize broke, the racetracks. I broke like, the joystick stuff. thing in Dude. it. It was just oh it was so much fun. The characters were so well like there were so many great racers in this game that you yeah, don't necessarily see in the movie. Um, or in, like, Star Wars Episode 1, they die in the movie, so having them actually be in the game was a lot of fun, and it's just, the ultimate feeling of achievement is when you finally unlock Sebulba at the end. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. So, <laughs> It was a jerk. Yeah, it was such a good game. I remember, like, I think I went back and tried to play it a few years ago on an N64, 
and I was like, oh my gosh, I it looked li- like it was really hard to look at because there's like so many bright and flashing colors and the graphics like have not held up at all. Not a lot of good texture. Like it, it was really <laughs> oh, hard yeah. to play, but it's a fantastic game back in the day. And oh, it's so much fun. I I have not played it in a couple of years, and I think if I went back to it, I would agree it's probably aged not very well. But it still holds a place in my heart as one of my favorite. This was also like. But I said, you know, we got a few 64 games before we got some of the major ones. We had Rogue Squadron in Episode 1 Podracer. I didn't say it the first time because I was like, I knew it's later on our list. But this is one of my games. I love this. I also want to give a shout out, too, because they made an arcade version of this game, which was fantastic. Like, you sat in this booth that, like, literally kind of moved around, you know, kind of like, you know, some race car arcade games do. And you had basically, like, a handle on the left and the right, like Anakin's Podracer. And so yeah, up above push, your head, basically. Yeah, up right. above your head. So you would grab these giant handles in the arcade booth in front of this big screen. You would put both of them forward, you know, to go straight. And you basically would just pull back on either handle to turn that direction. So it was kind of a really cool control scheme that they lifted straight from the movie that worked really good in the arcade booth. And, it, you know, it, it was a really, really fun experience in arcades as well. So. That's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, as you may have guessed, these are personal best choices for um, our top five uh, Star Wars games. We have some other games, too, that we also really liked. I know, Rob, you're a big fan of the, the KOTAR games. I and, love them. Uh, yeah, so so let us know on Twitter, you know, what is what is your top five Star Wars um, list look like? Is there any, any big games that we missed that you are appalled at? Please let us know at HeyListen underscore games. So that about wraps up our main show but um we actually have a couple new games that we're playing this week um and we always like to end with that on the show so rob why don't you go ahead and start us off all right so i did play uh mass effect andromeda again this week um still making progress in there i played in one of the major story missions uh this last time and oh my goodness it was awesome one of my favorite missions so far um I'm glad you're still really enjoying it that makes gives me hope for the game yeah <laughs> like and just like the combat i'm I'm above level 30 now, and so, like, the combat's really satisfying, and everything is just super awesome and flushed out, like, as far as the weapon system. I keep getting newer and better weapons and stuff, and so it's just, like, this is so much fun. Um, If I didn't have so many games on my plate right now and just, you know, with busyness and just personal stuff coming up... Like, I would probably pick it up. I saw it's on sale yeah. at Best Buy right now for 40 and I could get that for, like, 32 with Gamers Club. But yeah. I, I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to it whenever I do get a chance to do it, for sure. Well, and for me, I didn't have a Switch, so I'm not playing hundreds of hours yeah. into Zelda. <laughs> so I'll put my hours into Mass Effect and Drama. Oh, that's right. um, I've also uh, I played a little bit more of the Spiderwood software games I talked about last week. I played a little bit more of Avernum 4 in my Steam library. And then I also uh, found a way. His older series is available for free on his website. Okay. And nice. most computers you can't play it on because they're newer. But if you find a computer that's Windows XP... You can, and I have a Windows XP, and so I, you know, on the side, and so I found this Windows XP, and I started playing one of his original games, and I've just been putting lots of time into that one, playing a game. The The original reason I got into this game was because of Blades of Exile, and that's why i into this series, so I've been so playing that. It's called Blade of Exile? You can, that's when you can only uh, run an XP? No, there's uh, Exile 1, 2, 3, and Blades of Exile, and you can only run those on XP. He, gotcha. he needs to get a better uh, naming system. That's what, what I'm going to say. It's kind of confusing. <laughs> I actually, I actually looked it up, and his games, his first game came out in 1995. Wow. 
So you keep saying his. Like, it's who, like who is one this? guy. Jeff Vogel is the only guy at this game company. Him and his wife are the only two. His wife runs basically the website and the operation side okay. of things, and he makes the games. He is a computer he, programmer he, in he Seattle, and he is the only one who does it. He's been making this series, and he's made like three other series besides this one. He's been making these games since 1995. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. So he puts out he puts it out, made it from like 95 to 98, the first trilogy, and then went and made another game based on the actually the Roman and Celtic uh, history yeah. in the, the British island um, back in, like, the early, like, hundreds of AD. And then he made another series about uh, just kind of, a like, a, a new system. And then he, uh, he remade his original trilogy, or the four games, and then he added on three games to that uh, four, and then he's recently, he's created a new ser- trilogy they just finished, and he's been re-releasing the original four games right, as, cool. like, updated IP isometric RPGs. So, super cool. Uh, I love supporting uh, an artist that's an indie artist It's all by himself. This is an, yeah, If you sure. guys like RPG games, check this guy's out. Spiderware Software, they're awesome. He is great. He makes great games, great stories, and great quests are really satisfying in combat and everything. So, if, if Rob liked it and you're an RPG buff, you will like it too. So, check yes. it out. All right, you played anything um, else, Rob? I did. I play. I downloaded and played the demo version of the new game that's not out yet, Prey. Um, nice. So, I'm kind I'm of some, it right now as we speak. I'm excited to try. Ooh. Yeah. So, some of my impressions initially going into this, um, I did watch the initial little bit of the gameplay, so I already kind of knew where stuff was. And you're playing basically the opening section of the game, so I already kind of knew what was happening. I knew some of the stuff that was happening, um, and so I'm just kind of doing stuff that you know when you watch someone else play it, they do stuff. And you're like, no, you should go check that out, and then they don't. And you're like, why aren't you checking that out? That's frustrating. So I'm doing that. I'm actually checking that thing out that I wanted to check out. Um, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it looks absolutely beautiful. Uh, gameplay wise, the guns and stuff are okay. The uh, inventory and health system and upgrade system is really easy to do and fun. It actually is interesting. The story's been it's really accessible. good. It's not. Yeah, it's not pretty straightforward. Funny. It's really easy to figure out. Um, and story-wise, the story is actually really intriguing. The coolest combat is supposed to, or part of this game is supposed to be kind of about the powers. Is that right, Rob? Yeah, and the powers are cool. They're a lot of fun. I just unlocked a couple, and I they're a lot of fun. Cool. Um, I'm excited to try it out. But the combat, I would say the combat's probably its weakest point. Oh no. Also because the melee combat is hard, and maybe this is just me. Um, I find myself, you have a stamina bar, and like with the wrench that you get at the very beginning, I was trying to hit an enemy, and I spent all this time trying to hit this enemy, and I burned out all my stamina because the enemy was moving way too fast for me to hit. And so I basically just burned myself out and then was getting attacked and almost died. I barely survived my first encounter, basically. <laughs> so you're like, okay, this is like one of the first initial encounters in the yeah, entire game. And I'm getting my butt kicked. Okay. So that w- that's a little frustrating. I'm excited to try out. The atmosphere and the art style looks really cool. So hopefully I, the, the combat's not too tough for me. But um, I did beat Zelda this week, as Nathan said, and I'm not going to really dwell in any details there. I don't want to 
spoil anything for anyone. I know Nathan, you still haven't finished it I yet. Finished it yet. Nope. So you know, maybe once you finish it, we can maybe talk a little more in depth yeah. about the ending. But did you like the story overall, or? Um, it it was okay. Um, I don't think I would put it in my top four, five Zelda stories. Like, okay, I, that's not what I'm gonna remember about this game. I'm gonna remember yeah. all the 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 story I made for myself. You know, the different cool things I found and the discoveries that I you know shared with you guys and stuff. So. Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of the whole point of the game. Yeah, for the I mean, most part. So. I, I'm totally fine with that. Um, so I'm I'm hoping you know with the next Zelda game they do, um. You know, I'd be fine if they narrowed down the world a little bit to make it, make the story progress a little bit more linear. Just put some more focus on telling a interesting narrative. Sure. Um, you know, I love the expression. I hope that still stays there. But I did kind of miss, you know, a more traditional Zelda story. I really enjoyed all the cutscenes and stuff of like Skyward Sword and stuff. So I would love to see that come back. Um, but I did jump right after I beat Zelda into Horizon Zero Dawn, and I will say I am enjoying the game a lot more than I thought I would. Um, initially, I thought there might be a lot of kind of RPG mechanics and things that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, turn me off, but it's, you know, it's an open world game, but you are going around, you do talk to people, you have quests and side quests, um, but the main story is pretty interesting. It starts off a little slow, um, but overall, I think, you know, the main story does tell a pretty interesting story that I am, you know, somewhat invested in. Um, side quests get pretty old and boring uh, real quick for me. Uh, like I said, I'm not really into RPGs, so I tend to, you know, <laughs> kind of skip through a lot of the dialogue because it does tend to be super chatty about, you know, side quests. And most of them are just like fetch quests, like you're just going to a certain waypoint on the map or something like that. They're not terribly interesting. So while some of those parts are shallow, the combat is some of the best, you know, third person, you know, action adventure combat that I've played in the game. It's super super satisfying to take down all these different monsters there's tons of different variety in the enemies like every time i go to an area i'm finding these new monsters that like are terrifying to defeat and you can take them down in a multitude of different ways and you know you have so many different weapons that you have at your disposal and so i'm really enjoying enjoying the combat and you know that's what the gameplay focuses on it doesn't focus around you know necessarily the story or talking to people or finding other things so um, I'm loving it just for that, for that, uh, that part of it is the, the combat is awesome. So I'm hope, hoping to beat that game in the next week or two. I'm renting it right now. So, um, if you do have a PS4 and you're looking for a good open world game, definitely check out Horizon. It's a lot of fun. The voice acting and animation is great. Like I just posted a, a screenshot that I just took real quickly, um, in the photo mode, you know, right before the show here, <laughs> like the game looks, looks really, really beautiful. Um, I will say it is a little hard playing it right after Zelda. Though. Yeah, that was my question. Like, how is it playing after Zelda? Yeah. I know uh, Matt B just asked in the comments too. Uh, did you try and climb everything after playing? Yeah, no. After playing Zelda, I literally did. Like, I see these mountains because <laughs> you and Zelda, I'm trained. I see a peak. I'm gonna climb the top of it. There's gonna be a Korok. There's gonna be a treasure chest. There'll be something there. In Horizon, I'm trying to climb like these little mountains and go to things that might look interesting. And I'm finding nothing, or I'm finding a flower. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not really rewarding in that sense. The for me, the, the reward comes from the combat and taking down creatures, especially it's like the first time you fight like a new enemy type. Um, that's where the kind of the fun um, comes in for me. Um, there's not really a lot of interesting things in the world to explore. Uh, Zelda, you're constantly finding really cool different little things around the map in cool areas. Yeah. This is pretty much just one giant flat world that 
the monsters are kind of the highlight. So when you stumble upon creatures, that's what makes it fun. Cool. And I feel like that's one of the things they were going for when they made this game, because while Zelda is very specifically, you get to explore the whole you the whole world, and there's so many things to find and discover. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's kind of trying to focus on both the story as well as you're fighting robot dinosaurs. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I'm excited to jump into it. It was my most hyped PS4 game for basically forever until I found out. First, it was coming out while I was, right after I got married, and then mm-hmm. it was coming out right before Zelda came out. I was like, "Well, I have to play Zelda," so I'm excited yep. to jump into it at some point in the next couple months. Yeah, it's yeah, we had that. We had our most hyped uh, PS4 game, in. yeah, I remember that you said Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I'm really interested to play this one as well. Yeah, so I, I'm glad that I, you're enjoying. I it. I think you guys will will both totally totally like it, Rob. You'll love all the story and all the different side quests. There's a ton of those things. <laughs> oh, I love it. And I, and Nathan, I think you'll you'll really enjoy the combat and just exploring the world. Like, it's a really, really pretty game. So. Sweet. Um, other than that, um, did play some, some Mario Kart. You know, I played the Wii U version, you know, for about 100 hours. So um, I've been playing mostly the battle mode. The battle mode is amazing. <laughs> the battle mode is really awesome. I also have been playing a lot of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. And... I never really played Double Dash, so I have to give a shout out to Shine Thief. Yeah, um, that's one of the modes coming back in Battle Mode, which is a ton of fun. Like it's so much fun. It's so chaotic with twelve players too. I don't know what it was like with probably four, I guess, on Double Dash. But... Yeah, it, it was not that bad on Double Dash because you know, I mean, the maps were a lot smaller in Double Dash. Yeah, but mm-hmm. you had four people going around, so it wasn't too crazy. But having twelve people running around, all trying to get this one guy who's like you know highlighted on the map. Um, it's so fun, and you just have this thrill of like I have the shine thief, and I'm being hunted by all these people. Yeah, um, yeah, and, it it seems really really fun. I yeah. also like Renegade Roundup a lot. That that's a really cool new mode. That yeah, that's a new mode. It's basically just cops and robbers, and Based, so yeah. half the people are running away, and you know you can do a jailbreak if you hit a button underneath the jail that people are captured in, and so um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. We me Nathan. And a friend of the show, Jordan, we, we were playing it last night. We just did it with a bunch of computers, and it, it, was, it was a blast to play. So I'm really ex- excited um, to play more of that. The new battle courses are awesome. We're going to be playing uh, some of the new music that came from those battle modes um, at the end of the show for you guys. But, um, yeah, the battle mode's been what's been great. And the game just looks gorgeous on the, on the portable screen. Like, it's really, really – it looks – super high quality and it looks amazing like i this is the first switch game that i played mostly in portable mode just because i love how it looks on the screen yeah i still like every time i turn on and play on my switch portable i'm like this is just insane that i'm playing a game that's this beautiful and this much fun on a portable device like i can take it anywhere and play it's so cool so it's just still amazing me um just the power of the switch and especially how small it is Mm -hmm. yeah and um, other than that, I actually did. I also rented one two one two Switch, and it's my first time playing it. And I had to play with you a little bit, Nathan. I've been playing with my wife, and I even you know took my Switch out and I played with some you know just random kids and people at like my church just to try it out. You know, like yeah. I was mm-hmm. wanting to see if those Switch commercials were true. You know, if you play with random people, will they actually enjoy it? <laughs> and uh, no, but it it totally does what I think that game is designed for is to you know put a Joy-Con in someone's hands. And instantly, you know, a bunch of people will crowd around, have a good time watching everyone playing it. And, you know, it kind of shows you how the Switch hardware, like those Joy-Cons work. Like the HD Rumble technology showed off really well in that game. And, you know, it's a fun, quick party game. It doesn't have a lot of depth. I don't think I would, you know, still buy it at this point. But, you know, for a 
you know, fifteen twenty dollar game, I would probably be tempted to pick it up just you know because you can hand that controller off to anyone like Wii Sports, and you know people will instantly get it and start having fun. So yeah, um, yeah, but I've been having having a little fun playing that too. So. Yeah, it's a fun, quick in and jump party game. There's not a lot of depth, like you said, depth, like you said, but not a lot of depth in that game either. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, oh, you man. the quick draw game, but uh, other than that. <laughs> But yeah, did you have? Cool. Did you play anything else this week? Um, Mar- just Mario Kart and Zelda. Basically, I still like. I'm barely playing my PS4. Like I played a little bit more NBA this week, a little bit more Overwatch. But didn't you um, get your wife to play some NBA this week? I did. I got my wife to play uh, <laughs> 2K16 with me. She, you know, I think after playing Zelda, she was like, "Oh, you know, I've had a lot of fun with that. I want to jump and play some new- more video games since she beat it." So I convinced her to play NBA with me and kind of destroyed her and she said the controls were like there was too the controls were too hard to like control all the different things going on she was having a hard time but i had fun i kind of smack talked her and she got upset at me but (laughs) (laughs) probably not the best best way to uh treat your wife but it it was cool or to get her interested in video games here let me give you one of the most complicated controllers in the (laughs) the history of video games and then smack talk you (laughs) i don't know she's played like overwatch and stuff before so i think it just depends on kind of your like i played basketball in high school and i know it really well so it's easy for me to yeah the the 2k controllers come naturally for us who've played it a little bit more but it is a little bit more complicated maybe NBA playgrounds next week i'll get her to try that yeah that's get her into that one it comes comes out a week from today um it comes out like ps4 xbox one all those ones but i'm excited to get on switch yeah you know those type of games it's like a 2 on 2 basketball it's great for playing two-player co-op or even, you know, against a friend. So I'm excited, you know, to have that aspect where I can just set up in tabletop mode and play, you know, with my brother or friends or whoever anywhere I am. So um, we'll definitely be hitting you up with our impressions of that. Probably probably not next week because that'll be launch, launch day, day. But, yeah. you know, the in two weeks we'll be giving you more information about that. But um, I think that about wraps up our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you to Matt, Jaeger, Stephen for joining us in the chat today. You can find us on speaker.com. We're living with Lunar Colony, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Have a great week, everyone.